What up, everybody? It Good is morning. 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. Go way west. That's where Brian and way, I way, are. Way, way west. We're out in Arizona, and it's windy as hell. You notice that, B? Mm-hmm. The wind got dialed up in the last couple of, the last 24 hours out here in the desert. They have problems at that golf tournament today. They are. They are. We went yesterday. <laughs> no problems. Two club win? Easy. <laughs> at least. It was a. Gil kept asking me what I would hit. It was a 165 shot with that wind. 165, but it was playing all the way to the back of the green. Dude, it was like 210 with that wind. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Landfill, I have a series of questions for you. Good morning, Landfill. How do you do? I'm good. How are you guys? I I sound better today than I did yesterday. Marginally. Necessarily. I think I sound better. A little bit. And I had a number of people text me and say, dude, you didn't sound that bad. sounded like you had a little bit of a cold. And you know what, Brian? Mm -hmm. They were just trying to be polite. I'm going with that excuse. (laughs) I had a little bit of a cold. That was the only thing going on yesterday. Yeah, that that was it. That was it. Um, Landville, you know how we like to give B. Mitch a, a, a hard time about being old? Yep. G. Mitch incoming. G. Mitch is coming. Do you know what he's currently watching on television? Uh, the Golden Girls. Bewitched. <laughs> hey, I'm not watching it. Actually, it's behind me. B. It, listen, we're in your private bungalow, I walk and in that's here. your television. I walked in here last night. That's I think a, that's Bewitched, right? That's I a, never even heard of this channel. Yeah, that's Bewitched. <laughs> that's, the, that's the channel that it was on, and I fell asleep just like that. Here's what I know. My father, late in his life, started watching channels I'd never heard of. And somehow, my dad, before he passed, found a channel that had Perry Mason on damn near 24 hours a day. It was Perry Mason, like 18 hours a day. I think this is that channel. I've never... Landville, you ever heard of Logo AM? I never heard That's of it. That's what P-Mitch is watching. Logo AM. Never heard of it. I'm saying. this. Let's find some sports. I, what... <laughs> I bet what they advertise on that channel. You know, it just changed the little house on the prairie. I'm not kidding you, Landfill. What is going on in here? I'm worried about Brian. I think Murder, he's actually getting wrote. older as he goes. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. Angela Lansbury, RIP. Angela Lansbury and Coolio. It's been a tough year. Um, just leave the t- television alone. Um, Got the country music channel. Landfill, I have a question for you. Go. So... The show starts early for us out here because we're two hours behind on, uh, what is it, mountain time? I, I think guess, we're in mountain time. I guess it is. Landfill, what time do you think a prudent time to wake up for the radio program is for us out here? Well, um, so I think it's it's 8.06 where you guys, I think 7.30 would at least be uh, considered prudent. How do you feel about someone waking up at 7.57? Does that seem reasonable? And uh, take a wild guess who the someone would be. <laughs> well, considering I was on the phone with Beamish before that time, it has to be JP. <laughs> <laughs> Lampe, you're absolutely right. I, I uh, got up earlier, but I just settled along for 7.30 to make sure I knew how to – I had to start making my moves at that moment. Yeah, I, I was making moves. Because I knew I was going to have to walk over to the house and make sure somebody was uh, alive. And ready. So in my defense, I got up very early, <laughs> very early, 
because I don't have a phone charger. At some point, I need to purchase another phone charger. I have this one, which is like the other the, one is on the couch right there. You could have used that one. Okay, that, that would have been good information yesterday. <laughs> I don't have a phone charger, so I have no way of knowing what time it is because there's not a single clock in the state of Arizona. And I woke up microwave. I don't have a private bungalow, Brian. <laughs> I just have a room. The microwave. Ja- I have a room with Jamie Gillespie. Eight oh four. Eight oh four. So I woke up super early, and like. Wait. Dashed around the house trying to figure out what time it was, uh-huh. and it was six twelve. So I was like, "All right, I can go back to sleep." But in that process, I realized I have no way of charging my phone, and I'm just gonna ride the lightning, see what happens. <laughs> and in the way back of my mind, I thought, "You know what? Beavis will come get me." <laughs> That's kind of what I thought, and sure enough. But what happened, landfill is. When I jumped up, I was just, I was asleep. I was in my drawers. So I jumped up and I got dressed, and put, including tennis shoes. <laughs> so then when B came in the morning, I was back in bed, completely clothed, with my shoes on. And B woke me up. He's like, damn, dog, you went to bed with your shoes on? <laughs> that was a rough night for him, Lanfield, right there. I, I, I didn't go to bed with my shoes on. I want the world to know. I went to bed. I brushed my teeth. I was... I don't know how you sleep. I sleep in my drawers. I was I was asleep normally, and then I woke up early because I'm just so committed, and yeah, got that's it. Re- yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it. committed. Landville, do I sound committed? Oh, fully committed. Fully committed. Thank you. Um, little bit of news. I don't know, news. We're using news pretty loosely here. Um, Mahomes won MVP. Yeah. Dak Prescott won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Okay. Um, I think Charles Leno, I, I know, Charles Leno was out in AZ. He was a finalist. I think he made it to the final three uh, for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, Mahomes winning MVP. Any surprise? You think it should have been Hurts? Well, I think Hurts had a chance until he got hurt. Yeah. You know, and I think Pat, Pat played well throughout the year. And, I, you know, it, you can't be upset with that. Then you saw Burrow with the FedEx Air. That was it, guy. One of them people. They invent enough awards. They got enough awards now where every damn body gets one. I mean, I don't think landfill as the uh, the the world's foremost Eagles fan. How do you feel about Mahomes over Hertz for the MVP? Um, I don't love it, but I get it. You know, Mahomes played all the games and Hertz. Got hurt. I feel if he didn't, though, he should have been the MVP. If he had continued to play at that level, he I think he would have been the yeah. MVP. But obvi- obviously oh. that didn't happen. Dude, I get – I mean, there's no better example of this than the years where Michael Jordan didn't win MVP mm-hmm. just because people got tired of giving it to him all the time. Do you know what Mahomes – Finish the year passing yards. It's over yards. 5, I think over five thousand. Five thousand two hundred fifty yards. Yeah. He averaged with forty-one touchdowns and twelve six, picks. Is that twelve picks something like that? He averaged three oh eight a game. Yeah. 
Oh, he lets it fly now. I mean, he lets it fly. And then think about it. I don't think there are many people going to be highly upset with the fact that Pat won. You know, they'd have pulled it out of somebody else, and I think that's a problem. But Pat, Pat's going to always be around it. And I think Jalen – and then a lot of times when you kick down the door the first time you, you do it, you normally don't win. The next year you come around, you have another year like that, you'll win it. He had another 350 on the ground. Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – Oh, yeah. That's pretty damn good, dude. They throw high volume, dude. They, they let it fly. And he knows what he's doing. So, to the, yeah. um, congratulations, Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to all the winners last night. Um, I didn't see who won Defensive Player of the Year. I assume it was Bosa, right? Defensive Player of the Year was Nick Bosa. Rookie of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. Defensive really? Rookie of the Year. Really? Uh, Over. Defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. That that was the biggest shoe in in the world. I <laughs> yeah, mean, Sauce was outrageous, man. Um, Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year. B. Mitch, I am a card carrying proud member of the Pro Football Writers of America. Mm-hmm. I believe in PFWA leadership. Um, I, I, I believe in the PFWA. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think I'm going to make the meeting at 9 a.m. I just got an email about it. <laughs> you got a meeting? <laughs> you won't be making that meeting. Sorry, fellas, people. Um, Coach of the year. Who would you have given it to? Who got it? Dable? Yeah. Dable for sure. I think you can make an argument for Doug Peterson. I think Pete Carroll, because maybe because he's a Super Bowl winner. Well, you did get the comeback player of the year off that team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, well, he never left, but he he came back some type of way. I, hey, they wrote him off. He didn't write back. <laughs> there you go. Good that, for, was, that was a little funny line. That was a good line by Gino. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he can really win comeback because he was he's never really there to begin with. He should be the breakout player of the year. <laughs> yeah, dude, like the comeback player of the year award should have been who's your guy on the Eagles, Philip uh, Landfill that. Graham? Yeah, didn't Randy Graham tear his Achilles and then come back out of a career high in sacks? Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is the comeback player of the year. Or, hello, Brian Robinson. <laughs> the kid got shot in August and rushed for, I, I doubt he got to 1,000 yards, but maybe he did. What did Robinson finish the season with rushing-wise? I want to say it's like 800 or something. Um, They're close. I just, I, I don't know, man. That's seems a little weird to me that Geno Smith, like, you're not the comeback they, player. They the want, you were a backup. What then the you NFL got a has to, to learn is every, you don't have to give every ball to a damn quarterback. Yeah. You, you can start figuring out another way. Uh, I don't think, based off of what the comeback player of the year used to be, Geno Smith didn't fit the billing for that. He had a great year. He deserves the Pro Bowl and whatever. Comeback player has always been someone who had a a major injury that took him out of the game, and then they came back and did something. So I nailed that. Brian Robinson had 797 rush yards. Do you know how many touchdowns Brian Robinson had? Don't know. He only ran for two. Doesn't that seem kind of low? Seems kind of low if it was a situation where you ran the ball with him a lot. <laughs> you know, we got down inside the five. What we, what do we do? 
We went empty, and we tried to throw the football. They so, love that empty yeah, set. If you go more eye or you go a, 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 a you know, jumbo package and run your running back, then they'll have more. But we didn't do that. Two touchdowns and another one receiving. So, yeah, did have that. I um, <laughs> It's funny as we get closer and closer to the week. So, Brian and I got to go to – the Waste Management Open yesterday, which was really, really cool. Um, it's one of these things that you see on TV uh, every <laughs> year. You watch it on TV, and you're like, man, that looks wild. I, I got to go. And it is. Having been, it is wild. Yeah. It is. How many people you think they had on the 16th hole? I mean, I don't even know that it was crowded by their standards. Yeah, but it was, and I bet there were 70,000 people there, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's Man, like, that's exaggerating. I bet there were it, it was it was twenty thousand people. It, it was well over twenty. But the thing about it, if you can imagine this landfill, just being at a golf course and it stands basically around everything. Most golf, most when you go to most tournaments, you just you might see stand, a few. You right. might see some. They have three, four stories of of uh, suites around a whole hundred and sixty-eight yard hole. It was – Landville, is Jeff in today? No. Okay. Well, that settles that. Um, <laughs> remember – I think you remember this, Landini. When we – remember we did the show from the Avenel Golf Tournament? Yes, the yes, Quicken Loans, yeah. whatever it was? Um, I've been to enough golf tournaments that I know the, like, kind of routine, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of low-key and – Whoever the star is, say it, it's Tiger or Rory or Hideki Matsuyama, whoever yeah. the star of the tournament is, there's usually a big crowd following that one player. But outside of that, maybe there's like a par three that people are into. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's kind of sparse. Like, Very much. Because it's, you know, what is a golf course? Five, six square miles? You yeah, know what I mean? Like there's a lot of land. Yeah, definitely. This joint yesterday was packed. <laughs> Every step. Everywhere you went, packed. Yeah, and you can tell you're in Arizona because the weather didn't really say wear the clothes that a lot of people wear. <laughs> B, I, I've never seen. Bill, we saw some of the shortest skirts and dresses <laughs> you've ever seen in your they life. They were ready for a Vodka Rebel Friday. I think, I think the people that had on some of those dresses – they basically had some double-sided tape. One part was sticking to their skin, and the other part was sticking to the bottom of the dress. Cause you couldn't even bend over on any of the stuff like they had like that. It was crazy. It was, it was crazy, un- dude. <laughs> B, the, my, my wife is the oldest of four sisters. Mm-hmm. Her youngest sister, I don't even think we were engaged yet. I think we were just dating. But her youngest sister's 21st birthday Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she now has two kids. I don't know how old she is now, but this is a while ago. And, you know, my wife tells me I'm going to this 21st birthday party. I go to the party. What do you Mm -hmm. want me to do? All I can do is go to the party. Mm -hmm. They had it at the bowling alley. (laughs) And my in-laws, so uh, Jules, whatever year, senior, junior at Maryland at Mm -hmm. the time. And they got them a party bus. To go from College Park to Congressional, back to College Park, mm-hmm. to have the party, right? Bowling. 
you're going bowling, ladies. <laughs> These young women proceeded to wear skirts, and I'm I, I'm sorry that I know this is a audio medium, but I have to visually tell you what was going on. <laughs> These skirts were just north of the bra line mm-hmm. and barely south of like the the region. Yeah, the equator. <laughs> so they tried to bowl and physically couldn't. If they if they tried to like, you know, put bend your knee to bowl, uh-huh. the north pole would pop out. <laughs> and if they if they if they tried to go the other way, the south pole was popping out. <laughs> so we were at a bowling party and there's like I don't know, 20 Young women just standing on the side because they're incapable. <laughs> like all of the guys at a da- about a dance floor. Yeah, dude, <laughs> scared to ask. That's the type of dresses these people were wearing yes. at the waste management yesterday. And it didn't make a difference if they were twenty or seventy. <laughs> they were trying to wear them. the amount of social security receiving women wearing next to nothing was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. I hey, would add. But like you got to do, you got to shoot the shot, bro. You, you never know. <laughs> they never know what they're going to get or not. Here's what I would add. The way we're describing this sounds like it might be a great thing. <laughs> wasn't always a great no, thing. No, it was not. There were was some not. people you wish were wearing more clothes. <laughs> exactly. And not just because it was kind of cold. <laughs> Ooh, it, it, it was. Volume of that golf tournament. We're going to be right back with Joe Valerio, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's break down the Super Bowl. Be Mitch and Finley, it is a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday, baby. Landfill's got the beats playing. Yes. Be Mitch is getting his suit pressed for the party. Hey, tonight. man, I got to look good when I'm out there tonight. I'm going to be on an airplane <laughs> heading home. <laughs> I, I, a headache? I think, I think it's best for all parties that I leave Arizona. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Right now, though, time to go to the BetQL guest line. Talk to our friend, Mr. Joe Valerio. Played for the Chiefs, hosts a podcast for the Believe Network about the Chiefs. Joe, what's up, man? Thanks for making time for hey. us. Hey, yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. This is great. It's been really fun talking about this game because of my affiliation with both teams. I live in Philly. Uh, I'm a Philly kid. Wow. I grew up here. I was born in South Philly. Um, you know, I talk about the Eagles on a couple local radio stations during the week. I have the Chiefs podcast. I play for the Chiefs. It's like, listen, I had a fantasy football team several years ago called the Kansadelphia Cheagles. So this is a, this is <laughs> wow. a, this is an interesting one for me. You know, well, how how you say you grew up in Philly, Joe? How are the people? Yeah. Uh, how are they handling you or dealing with you right now? Because I. I I, I I hear some Philly. I can hear the accent. I can hear the Philly sure. in you, but you also play for the Chiefs. What they tell you? But now have no red and yellow going through you this week. Yeah, no, I've been going right down Broadway. Uh, you know, on this one <laughs> at, our, at our Super Bowl party on Sunday, we're going to have ho- here's here's a Philly accent for you. We're going to have hoagies. Uh, we're going to have hoagies on the left. Cheesesteaks on the left of the room. We're going to have Kansas. There's a great Kansas City barbecue place here near where we live. Guy lived uh-huh. in the Midwest, opened up a case. We're going to have Casey Barbecue on the right side of the basement. We're going to let people's stomachs decide who they root for as the game's going on. Um, and, and I'm going, I'm going you know, right down, right down Broadway on this. But, you know, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, 
you know, there's different allegiances at different times of the day, right? Because I think about my time and the and the absolute privilege it was to play for the Chiefs and and uh, the the opportunity that was given to me by the Hunt family and Carl Peterson, who was a Philly guy, right? Coach uh, yeah. coached and, and managed for the Eagles, general manager, and then filled up your stars and you got the Andy Reid, you got you know you got Dick Vermeil, right? Like all yeah, it's, it's a lot, big, char- big big Charlie Saloon in South Philly's a cheese bar. They've been a cheese bar since the seventies. Um, you know, it, it's a, but you know what? I'll just That's say news this. right there. A Chiefs bar in Philly. They don't oh, know yeah, like, like DC has yeah. all sorts of other team bars. <laughs> yes. I didn't think Philly did. <laughs> they, and, they, and these guys are well loved. They and because they're Eagles fans too. And luckily, this doesn't happen all the time where the two teams meet yeah. up. So yeah, you know, I mean, I feel here, like Chiefs Eagles isn't a natural rivalry, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, nah. they're not playing all that often. Um, and the nice but, thing about it is, look at the look at the way. I'm sorry, I know you guys want to talk some football, but like, look at the way that it's played out over the last two weeks, and how refreshing it's been that we haven't gotten caught up in borough nonsense and mayors, the mayors of towns getting on yeah. social media and going off the rails. Like what? Like it, it has been so refreshing that two respected, <laughs> respectful teams are playing against each other without all the shenanigans. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, to- I, I mean, clearly. That Cincinnati mayor is just trying to – I mean, politicians are just the worst. Clearly that guy's just trying to get more famous or, or whatever it is. Um, let, let's talk a little football. I, um, I, I tend to, like, when I'm trying to handicap, for lack of a better word, when I'm trying to predict what I think will happen in the Super Bowl, I like to really look at both offensive lines. Yes. And yes. I think both of these old lines are the best in football. I think both of them are the best in their conference, mm-hmm. and you're talking one and two. However, you want to measure it, Eagles cheat. Like both these O lines are really, really good, uh, and I know you played O line, Joe. So I'm curious how you see that shaking out. If you agree with me, yeah. Well, yes, I am a card carrying member of the Fools, uh, the Fraternal Order of Offensive Linemen. So yeah, I, I love chatting about you know what goes on up front because i think you know not just to be partial but you know or biased but i'm you know i believe the games are are one up front i think it's when you can disrupt and make things happen it's where it all starts right obviously there are things you can do at other positions to change the game but i think it all starts there it's the foundation and these two offensive lines are spectacular um you know i think there is part of me that from tackle to tackle, I might, speaking objectively, I know people who listen to our Chiefs podcast and, and fans of, of, of ours that are our Chiefs people are be a little disappointed, but I think tackle to tackle, I think the Eagles might have a tad advantage mm-hmm. from a pass blocking perspective. And I know that, I know you say, well, yeah, but the Chiefs let up less sacks. Well, Jalen Hurts, when he gets caught in the RPO and he gets tackled for loss, that actually goes in as a sack. So I think that might throw the statistics off a little bit. Um, so there's there's definitely some things you got you know underlying things you got to look at there. But you know what I'm what I'm doing if if I'm if I'm both the Chiefs and the Eagles defensive coordinators, I'm setting protection to the I'm setting the I'm trying to get the team to set the protection to the spot where I want the one-on-one matchups. And what I mean by that is I'm going to use the Chiefs as an example on their offense. If I'm the Eagles, I'm going to try to get Hassan Reddick matched up against Andrew Wiley. And I love Andrew Wiley. He's a great player. But 
I'm if I'm a fan and I'm watching the game and I and I see Creed Humphrey in a typical pass. Now sometimes they do dummy calls and they will make calls to make them think you're passing and they're not. But if you get, if you get a standard passing down and you see Creed Humphrey point to his left and he goes left 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 or Patrick Mahomes tells the line left left left. Okay, they're declaring. They're basically declaring three on two. They're saying center, left guard, left tackle. You're going left, and you're going to take the two down linemen and any linebacker or, or blitzing safety mm-hmm. or cornerback that comes, right? Standard slide protection. What that's telling the right side is you're one-on-one, okay, in a standard four-person rush. Right guard, you've got the, the defensive Eagles. tackle. Advantage Eagles. I, right there. <laughs> yeah. Because even if and, – and, and what, what I think that, you know, what I think that, you know – the the, the the Eagles might do is they might bring up some some somebody on the right side then because that's the hot side right because now you've got nobody to block the the hot linebacker or or cornerback that's coming and then all of a sudden you know they're going to have to keep a Jarek McKinnon in or they're going to have to keep you know Isaiah Pacheco in and you got those one on ones with Trey Smith and Andrew Wiley that's where I think and and you got Hassan Reddick over there who's on woo he's on the move right now yeah he's on fire right now and he's on fire he's making me. I'm, I mean, he I'm dominated like, that NFC title game. He did, and I'm seeing flashes of you know Derek Thomas like out there, and I'm like, oh my god, they're the you know the Chiefs Don't are going to be in Derek trouble. Thomas so. to be Mitch. That's the hardest hit he ever took, <laughs> yes, man. Had me hyperventilating. Right. <laughs> right? Um, I know. Uh, talking with Joe Valerio here, uh, host of podcast for the Kansas City Chiefs on the Believe Network. Joe, I have a. I, I've said this to a few people, and they kind of look at me sideways. In that NFC title game, and I know that was two weeks ago, so maybe you know things have progressed significantly. I don't think Hertz looks right. I, I I know he's back from the shoulder sprain, but that dude, we've watched him enough now. He has a cannon, mm-hmm. and there were a couple throws that they just luckily in that game when you're facing Josh Johnson, you don't really need much. But I don't think Hertz looks right. We know Mahomes is dealing with the high ankle sprain. Who's the healthiest quarterback in this game? I mean, that's a great. I, I mean, just speaking now. I'm, this is a projection. This is a. This is. I. You know, I'm not in the training room with these guys, but I, I have to say that over the last two weeks, Jalen has had to have, had to have progressed faster than Patrick. High ankle sprains are rough, man. They are yeah. rough. And 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 it's quarterbacks like the only position you could play with a high ankle sprain. There's no other position on the field you could do it. So the Chiefs are lucky. That you know that it was Patrick and not some other maybe key position. Not not that they're lucky somebody had a high ankle sprain, but you know what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that that the quarterback is the only one that could do that. I saw it too, and I saw it also with not just the way that he was throwing the ball, but I saw it in the way that they were protecting him. Because anytime they, they knew they needed to run the RPO against the Niners because they had to show it to the to the next team they were playing, Bengals or Chiefs, right? They had to show it because it's their secret sauce. It is their absolute secret sauce. And every time they would run it, they were either you know Jalen was either making the making the handoff, or he was if he was not throwing it and keeping it, he was skirting to the outside and he Straight was going to, to his right. He was going to his right to protect his back shoulder, so he could put his lean his left shoulder into a tackle, or he could slide, or he could go out of bounds. So yeah, I agree. I think he was still they were still babying it in that game, and I, but I think I'd have to imagine. If I know anything about physiology and you know biomechanics and all that kind of biokinetics and all that stuff, I'd have to imagine. <laughs> uh, 
I'd have to imagine that his shoulder is probably going to get a little bit better than an ankle is because, you know, you can rest it, right? Um, yeah. You can't really rest. You know, you, I, I didn't see Patrick in a boot anytime he was in a, you know, he might be wearing a boot in his hotel room, but, you know, I didn't see him in public in anything. And, you know, I, I just, that's my personal opinion. But yeah. look, it's, 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 the, it's the last game. And they're gonna. I, I know the Eagles oh, yeah, are gonna throw right. caution to the wind. Just, you, yeah, gonna, you, you go for this. You got to go but, in this one. When you look at it, all you talk about the offensive line, but when you flip it over to the defensive side, who do you think has the edge there? I think that. Well, I think the. I think the Eagles are have more depth. I mean, when you got Indomica Sue playing a minor, like backup role and a rotation role, you know yeah. you must be deep, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, he, he may be he may be a first rotation guy. He may even be starting for the Chiefs if, if they were lucky enough to have him, right? I mean, not to not take anything away from the Chiefs D line, but you know, they put a lot on Chris Jones and Chris they Jones put a lot, a lot on, of weight, yeah. They they put a lot on, you know, Frank Clark and yeah. and they put a lot on their linebackers to <clears throat> pick up the slack for, you know, some other not so all pro type defensive tackles and defensive ends. So, you know, I think Karloftis has had a good year as a rookie, but, you know, I, I just, I, so I'd have to give the edge. If you go, if you go end to end, I'd have to give the ed, edge to, um, to the Eagles as far as, uh, as far as, you know, the rotation they can put in the depth and, and sort of the skill of each player ac- across the line. If you did one-on-one matchups. For me, I think if you look at, and you can credit Sirianni, you can credit Howie Roseman, whoever you want to credit. But if you look at that Eagles roster, one to fifty-three, they're loaded. They're loaded. <laughs> yes, I mean, just think loaded. about the talent in their secondary, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just picking a position group. I mean, they are so loaded. But top of the list, the Chiefs have the top three guys, and and maybe you disagree with me on on it, but Mahomes, Kelsey. Jones, I think, are the three best players in this game. Joe, are, are, are you are you willing to go there with me? Uh, no, I, I don't doubt. I mean, I mean, for, for their positions, especially, yeah. I mean, because you can't really you can't really compare a Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones to what Jalen Hurts brings and, and how effective he is with the RPO and, and the the MVP status that he brings he to is the Eagles. Very effective, but, man. But but yeah, like when you just look at 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 the history, right? You know, look, it's still as great as a year as, as an MVP candidate as he was, which, you know, when you do look at the definition of what MVP is, you know, you could, you, Jalen has to be in that mix because if you take him off the Eagles, they're not the same team. But, like, yeah. yes, I have to agree. From a, a history, championship DNA, like the, all that stuff, the, the whole total package, no, you can't disagree that they have the top three players in, in, in the game, right? But football is a weak link sport. Yep. Football is a game that requires all 11 slash 22, and then you expand it to 33 for special teams if, you got, if you've got like 11 air quote special teams type starters. It, it's, it's, it's a weak link sport, man. You, every, you, you can't be bad at something. You know, you can't have two weak cornerbacks. You can't have a bad defensive yeah. end. You can't, like, so as much as it is great to have, you know, I, uh, I liken football to, like, what they call football over in Europe, right, soccer. Like, you, you could have three Mess, Lionel Messis on a team or five Cristiano Ronaldos, but if you, it takes 30 passes to get the ball from the goalie all the way to the other goalie. And, and if there's weak links along the way, you're going to be in trouble. 
And so, yeah, I, I agree with you that that is the, the case. But I, when I go back and then look at the at the weak link composition of the Eagles, I think if you gave everybody a grade and added up the grades, I think the Eagles come out a little bit on, ahead on that. So I totally agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree that you've got. I think what makes this so hard to figure out is that the I think the Chiefs O line might be a hair better, but I think the Eagles D line is better. And I and I think defensively the Eagles are really good. I just I'm I'm not going against Andy Reid in this thing. Um <laughs> Joe, we, we got to run here. Appreciate you, Joe. What, what is your official prediction, man? I'll go with the score first. I think either scores, either team can win this game, no doubt, right? That's the reason why they're there. I mean, the Bears could yep. win this game if, you know, if, if they had the right game plan and, and the other teams fouled up. I'm saying 31-27. I think it's going to be high scoring. You beat the over. Um, I'm going to do – I'm going to do something a little interesting and unique. This is going to be very politically correct. I'm going to be like a politician on this one. I'm going to say that I'm going to give the, the, the Chiefs a 55% chance of winning and the, and the Eagles a 45% chance. Rather than saying it's going to be the Chiefs 31-27, I'm going to give a percentage of what those teams are going to be to achieve those scores. And I would say that right now my heart is saying that the Chiefs probably are a 55% chance of getting to that score and the Eagles at about a 45. That's, that's the way I'm predicting this game because I've got a lot of people to keep happy. So I want to get <laughs> hey, my and my Kansas City barbecue. So I, but no, I, that's, what, I, that's I, what I'm thinking. I don't want you getting beat up in South Philly, man. Joe, thank <laughs> you for right, the Joe, time. We really brother. appreciate it, man. Awesome, that's guys. Our... Have a great one. Anytime. You All too, right, man. All right, that's our guy, Joe Valerio. You can give him a follow at Joe Valerio 73 11 a.m. PFT commenter from the Super Bowl. Don't go anywhere. I wanted to read you something, Brian. Uh, yesterday, you had a really good line when – you often have really good lines. I don't mean yesterday like it was hey, some I'm, sort I'm of saying. fluky thing. Um, but you were talking about Taylor Heineke and Ron, and you said that dude saved his ass for two years, and you couldn't wait to put him on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I, I tweeted that out, right? Mike Lonergan, I don't know if you know Mike, uh, used to be the coach at GW, basketball coach, yeah, yeah. got mm-hmm. absolutely hosed by that athletic director. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hosed. Read the articles. I mean, what a joke of what happened to Mike Lonergan. But that's irrelevant. Um, He replied to me on Twitter. He said, keeping Heineke on the bench the entire game against the Browns was unforgivable and should have cost Rivera his job. It definitely cost the commanders a playoff spot. I don't know about cost him his job, but how on earth you didn't pull Wentz at halftime of that game? That's that stubbornness, though, man. And I think we can sit up here and we can give Ron a lot of credit for things that he does well, you know, like the military stuff and – being a leadership type guy, but in that game, that game was all about stubbornness and not want, and and not wanting to admit it wrong. It was wrong to try and make that start. And I can't for the life of me. I know he said I'm gonna talk to the players. Is that and the other? You can't tell me a player that wanted them to make that move. And damn sure after the first half, they wanted him to stick with that move. I'm telling you, be that week in that locker room when they, because dude. They were waiting for their chance to go back to Carson. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it for a month. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, the offense was stagnant. Like, I, I understand why you wanted to make a change as you're fighting for the playoffs. But 
if you are now, today, 40 days, just 40 days. Mm-hmm. Isn't that when, who was the guy on the boat? Noah? Noah built an ark? Wasn't it 40 days? <laughs> if Noah could go on an ark with a whole bunch of animals for 40 days, 40 days removed from that loss mm-hmm. to the Browns. And now, Howell's your guy. Yeah. 40 days. Yeah. And you, I, I'm not, I, I didn't love it at the time, the decision to go to Carson. I knew it was coming, but I didn't like it. I didn't really like it. Yeah. But I can understand. I can conceptualize how you but once landed you ma- on once that you decision. Once you make that move and you start seeing the things that were happening, you have to be a person who could say, I made a mistake. Boom. I got to change this right now. But I think they cared more about that to admit a mistake than they cared about anything else. It seemed like you you know what is more important than perception? Winning. Yeah. And I think the best coaches are willing to, to look like fools if it's going to get the job done. And, and and the best ones have been, you know. But you have to be able to make that. Just like when he said, I'm, I, I can change my mind if I want to. When you made that decision and once, that's, once Carson was playing that bad, you should have changed your mind and went back. I, I mean. But that's having to admit that I made a mistake. The, the Bears game, they ended up winning. And wins are – I'm saying the wins are what matter, so you won that game. But, I mean, they had, what, two red zone turnovers. Yeah. Tress Way scored him a touchdown. Yep. Uh, shout out to Tress. Last night, you guys were at your cigar thing, but Pete and I invented a new version of ping pong where you – it wasn't beer pong, but we just had cups of beer on the table. Mm-hmm. And so we were playing real ping pong, but if you got – the ball into the cup, you had to chug the beer, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, I won back-to-back games, no big deal. However, do you believe in sucker serve? Are you familiar with sucker no. serve? Pete is a nerd and believes in sucker serve. So I was up, say it was 20 to 11, mm-hmm. and you played at 21. And he's like, well, I get to serve now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, sucker serve. He his contention, and this is how we played in like middle school, mm-hmm. is that he just gets to serve all the way through. All the way through. <laughs> that, that, no, <laughs> no, not at all. PFT commenter joins the program next. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 